This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Welcome to episode one of Chat Room Podcast. I'm Anna. I'm Kyle. <laughs> I'm Denzer. We are off to a fantastic start already. We're uncaffeinated, it's fine. Yep, definitely. <laughs> so today's starting topic has been decided to be remakes, right? Yes. Yes. Right. And remasters. And remasters. Yes. Which I mean, we've recently been received some information on the new Star Wars, specifically Rise of... No, not Rise of Skywalker, but... Yeah. So, that would give us a lot of fodder, definitely. Bantha fodder. Yeah. Bantha yeah. fodder. Definitely. Well, it, if, it, it, if it continues down the track that Disney's been with the last couple of movies, the only thing you're going to get is, like, cool backdrops. Right. Everything else is just going to be kind of absolute trash. Um, and we already know it's going to be a little bit absolute trash because we already see them trying to pull off some of the classical like lightsaber stuff from the um, prequels. Right. With the lightsaber abilities. But she didn't really work for it. So right. Ray is kind of just like, no one's impressed with that. Right. But... And if she was using her original weapon... That would be one thing, but she's using a completely different. Yeah, if she used weapon. her staff to cut a, a speeder in half, that would be freaking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. because you know it's a, it's a staff, not a lightsaber, so it isn't supposed to cut things in half. Can mod it out. Yeah, put some blades on it. Yeah. Also, if she just got really buff all of a sudden, that'd be great too. Right. Um, kind of like a barbarian rage from D and D, something like that. But no, and and the new lightsaber she has too, with the double bladed lightsaber. There's there's no reason for the new design. I've heard a lot of complaints about that right. as well. If you look at Darth Maul and and his um, ability to use it, it makes sense. Right. But there's no reason to have Ray the have flip this, out. Yeah, because I can't think of a single reason to have it flip out because it's already you can turn it on one, you can turn it on the other. Right. There's and she's I highly doubt she's going to like use it as two blades as one big bigger blade yeah that is if she even gets that weapon in the first place because i guarantee that whatever the clip of her as evil is going to be a vision it's not actually going to happen yeah um correct me if i'm wrong uh i never really got too deep into the lore for star wars but um in order to be like a master Jedi to complete your training, don't you build your own lightsaber? Right. That's part of the training, yeah. generally. Did she ever do that? I don't think she did. Well, no. She, what she did yeah. is... What was it? She stole... Not stole, but she brought back... Luke Skywalker's... Anakin's yeah. lightsaber, which is why the scene where he throws it away is so infuriating because it's not his green lightsaber right. that yeah. he's throwing away. It's his father's. It's his only connection left to the Jedi that his father once was. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yep. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a mess. Generally, what you're supposed to do to build the lightsaber, because it's actually a super complicated process, it's not even just building it. You have to use the force to build it. Yeah. So... That uh, requires a, a special amount of uh, training within the force. Before that, there's practice lightsabers. And they had uh, the Jedi Temple Knights, for instance. They used a lesser version of lightsabers. So the lightsabers that Jedi Knights use and Jedi you know, Counselors use are stronger. And these ones um, are more generic, so they're mass, more mass-produced, so to speak. But gotcha. they're, they're they're more like sun batons. They're not like as powerful as lightsabers are. Gotcha. And 
what the new lightsaber that Ray uses in that clip, even if it is a vision, I can only see one purpose of having it flip up like that, and that's as a uh, sword breaker uh, uh, type yes. thing, okay. where it's meant to disarm your opponent rather than to. But she's not that kind it. of fighter. No. Yeah. No, she's she's. I don't even know what kind of fighter she is. It has her style it hasn't been, been consistent? It yeah. hasn't been consistent at all. She's a flailer. She's right. like. Uh, remember when we were like younger and stuff like that, and and you would go out in your backyard or out in the woods and pick up a stick and then pretend you're good at sword fighting? Yeah, right. it, oh, yeah. it's like that. Except she has millions of dollars to help her look good. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. But that's pretty much um, it. I'm trying to think. It makes sense to a certain point if she's self-taught, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it it doesn't f- seem like a, a brawling style with a purpose. It just feels like even if she was self-taught, that kind of learning fighting, self-taught fighting, requires a environment to nurture that. And she may have had a rough time, but she'd be better as a sneak thief or, like, stealth plays, right? If she yeah. was kicking up sand in people's face or turning off her lightsaber and turning it back on for the yeah, advantage, that would, be, that would make more sense. That would be really cool. That would be a really cool character to have, but... And there actually is a lightsaber style hmm. that does utilize the activation and deactivation of the lightsaber Which blade, style? too. Because okay, given her upbringing, I she would what be... It's called, but it's, she wouldn't be super aggressive. She'd probably try to... Be more str- stealthy. Right. right. Yeah. Try to strategize. And, that would have made a lot more sense for the character they wanted, or they were trying to set up in The Force Awakens, where she would, had more of a tie with Han Solo. Yes. That would have made more sense, but instead they're trying to go for the traditional Jedi route. Which doesn't work. So they're essentially... With her, anyway. Yeah. the Character-wise, they're not... They're trying to establish a background, but just using it as a prop. Yeah. Rather than changing her role and adjusting what she's meant to do based off of her background. Right. I would really have liked to see if they had changed her character to be to the point where she would lose in a lightsaber battle against the actual Jedi, Mm -hmm. but would win in more devious tactics. So she won on her wit, not necessarily on her skill. Right. And that would make more sense with her background. So if she won against Kylo Ren, not in a head-on battle... But, but using deception of some sort, mm-hmm. that would make sense. And then if she was forced into a head-on battle, she would lose, and then actually show that too. And you that saw them trying cool. to—you the, saw them trying to muddy the lines between dark and light. Yeah. So if she was able to, like you said, devious would kind of allude more to the dark side. Right. If she right. was able to use that. But she's already but super emotional, which is the thing. Right. And yeah. That would have actually made. Luke actually have more of a reason to be fearful of her because she's devious and she's so so emotional. Right. That it's like more she's than got just, one foot at each side. Right. She could be like a gray Jedi in the first that we've really seen in the movies. Mm-hmm. Well, Qui Gon Jinn was pretty close. Yeah, but we didn't really see that as much. They mm-hmm. killed him off too early. In fact, yeah. menace. You get that from the supplements. Well, not just that too. The fact that he goes against the will of the council. Um, right. and, and whatnot within that. And like so you get kind of tidbits, but that's the one of the biggest complaints with the prequels is this notion of it's too subliminal, especially with the Phantom Menace. Right. It's too subliminal. So I can totally understand where people miss that. <laughs> that moment when you're too subtle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Here. But the uh, the Star Wars universe has taken a hit on pretty much all fronts recently. Yep. And the, the I'm really hoping the Mandalorian's good. I'm hoping that the the specials are, are better, like right. the TV series. I'm not gonna hold my breath. Like <laughs> honestly, I I'm not gonna get Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I have no reason for it. Yeah. The bureaucracy of of entertainment these days has really just killed off a lot of really good things. Right. Right. Um. Speaking of Star Wars specifically, though, uh, it's not new media, but I'm uh, apparently it's been out for a while, but I, I'm still really excited about it. Uh, the original Star Wars Battlefronts 
Mm, one yes. and two are both on Steam. Yeah. yeah I, um, <laughs> Good games. Yes, very. Yeah. It's my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my friend bought it for me, and yeah. I was... After fi- I was finished being shell-shocked, I was really excited. <laughs> so it's great. It's there's great. actually news that I'm excited about about the new Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah? Yes. The... The specials that you earn... So you can earn points in, in the original and stuff and unlock right. new characters as you play throughout the, the battle. Right, right. And they do kind of a similar thing, except it's more on a reward system. So you spend the points in order to unlock them for a short duration, and then yeah. you have to earn your way back up. Right. And that's all right. But the I don't like the amount of Jedi heroes that are present. It makes it unbalanced and unfair, yeah. in my opinion. I wish you could remove Jedi heroes and just have like the specials. Right. Uh, right. But... They added new um, special characters to the clone army. They added the commandos. Ooh. Yeah. And they also added a co-op game mode to that game, the Battlefront 2, where you're playing as commandos. Gotcha. And they're adding more maps, which are free for the that. So they added just Felucia, which isn't present in the original Battlefront 2, which still is a far superior game. <laughs> um as far as I know. I, I'll check out the commando stuff and, and get back to you on yeah. that. But if Battlefront 2 can successfully integrate the commando stuff fluently, it might actually be on par with okay. uh, the original Battlefront. All Although, the remakes had to do for uh, Battle Battlefront. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I go ahead. Step on your line, but um, all the original or all the new, like the remakes had to do was just emulate what the old ones did to yep. a T. Just and that would have been amazing. Yep. If they would have just upped the graphics, remake the game from scratch with the new hardware that we have out today, right. it would have been an amazing, amazing and phenomenal game. The only thing that I wish they did, and they kind of do this, excuse me, is make it so that they integrate some No Man's Sky into it, where if you're in a spaceship, you can fly up into a space battle and there's a space battle looming overhead so that you have to win not only the ground battle and hold those points, but also the space battle by destroying the enemy frigate. Mm. And that reduces, like, at the moment that you stop the enemy frigate, then you no longer have respawns, and you're on that counter down where you only have a limited number. Gotcha. So the first person to destroy the enemy ship. That would be a really cool idea, I think, mm-hmm. if they were to implement that. Oh, Absolutely. I've always been terrible at the space battles. Same. <laughs> I always just flew into the enemy hangar and then got off on their ship. I never right. like tried to actually fight from the outside. I yeah. had a really hard time even getting that far, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I just could not... Like, I had never done any of the space battles until I was like 14. Mm-hmm. So trying to figure it out at that point was just too much of a learning curve. That's right. fair. Mm-hmm. The... Space battles, I think, would be easier for console rather than PC. Did right. you play on console in your childhood? I, yep, I played yep. on console. Um, PS2. I'm now trying to fi- Xbox actually. Oh, okay, all right. We're Xbox family. <laughs> My got man. you, got you. Xbox had better graphics for that game anyway. Yeah, that's true. That one, it was just easier for me. Well, I found the console version easier because when you use the triggers for mm-hmm. shooting, it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, Rather than trying to do left and right mouse button, right, yeah. yeah. And I would really like to get a a controller for my PT my laptop, but I don't game enough to do so. And buy a Xbox 360 controller. You can get them pretty cheap, and they work with uh, Microsoft Windows, and they emulate pretty much all that. Do they? I think I tried that once, and it didn't. It depends on the game. They have to have the calibration set up for it and the programming of the game itself. Okay. So it might be game specific. Also, um, with the 360 ones, they have, uh, if you get like a regular one, they have the wireless adapters Mm -hmm. that you can plug into it and you can play wirelessly or you can get a uh, wired controller. But with the Xbox One controllers, which granted are a little bit more expensive, it's uh, native Bluetooth. Okay. So if you wanted to go the wireless route, I'd probably use a Xbox One controller. Okay. I need your help sometime to set that up on my computer. Will do. As I have the Xbox One, unfortunately. And, uh, <laughs> Rip, dude. 
I don't know why you made that decision. Yeah. Well, it was free because my brother died. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no worries. It's it's all good. Okay. But uh, no, you, you hand me down stuff. So okay. okay. Yeah. Um. So I got it for free. I wouldn't spend the money on it. But PlayStation Four is where it at. Where it's at. Yeah. So. For console gaming, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a new game coming out actually too. Uh, it's like Hardline or not Hardline. It's Line Wire or something like that. It combines Dark Souls with uh, JRPG um, anime style. So Code Vein. Code Vein. That's what it okay. is. Code you know, Vein. I, would you believe that I just had a conversation about that earlier? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would believe it looks really good. Mm-hmm. I just saw a review on it. So um, I would say don't try to order it from Best Buy because apparently my friend was having issues with it. So if you're going to get it, get it from somewhere else. I'm not pre-ordering games anymore. For Honor ruined that for me. Mm. I wait. I just don't pre-order games. I was very tempted to pre-order Cyberpunk 2077. Same, but uh, because it's so hype... I'm worried that it's going to flop. Right. I I do trust CD Projekt Red, but still. I think the last time I pre-ordered a game was Final Fantasy XIII Lightning Returns, because I liked that series. That's fair. No apparent reason. I might pre-order the Legend of Zelda Skyward, or not Skyward Sword, but the... Breath of the Wild, the second one that they're making, Mm. the sequel. I wish I had a Switch so I could buy that, even though I know I would buy it and not finish it. When it comes to games, I'm actually a huge cheapskate because I, yeah. I, I got into gaming kind of late. So I started on a Genesis, right? Yeah. Um, and every time I got a new game for that, I went down to the pawn shop, got a game for like 50 cents. I feel you. And then I got a 360, bought games used off of Amazon. Yep. And then I went to PC and then it's like oh, half my games are free. Yep. Sweet. It's yep. like, I'm not even pirating. It's just like there's Epic giveaways all the time. Yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. like. There's a. Uh, new games out on Epic Game uh, Store right now. The Metro 2022 or something like yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. It's free right now. The Redux. Okay. Um, which is really nice. But yeah. The old systems. The reboots of those too. Uh, Nintendo Switch has the emulator. So if you pay for this, the subscription which is like 20 bucks for a year which is like super nice mm. in comparison to the 60 bucks that everybody mm-hmm. else charges. Right, right. You get the classic Nintendo library that's continuously updated. So you get the original Legend of Zelda, Legend of Zelda 2, Mario Golf, oh. Dr. Mario, all these things for free. It's all just emulating completely straight into yep. Switch. Yep. And with nice. the new Switch Lite that came out just recently, you have the smaller, lighter, handheld version that's $100 cheaper. Mm-hmm. So you can get most of the games and run them off of that. What still runs on the same cartridges as the, as the Switch. It just doesn't dock, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have the motion controls for the uh, the Joy-Cons because they're not detachable. Uh, so I you see. can't play games like Pokemon Let's Go, Let's Go Eevee, Let's oh, Go po- Pikachu. Okay. But you can play all of the games that don't require the motion controls. So like Fire Emblem? You can play Fire Emblem. You can play Mario Odyssey. You can play uh, Breath of the Wild. Okay. What else is coming out? You can play the new Dragon Quest game that's coming out. Say say Dragon again. Dragon. Dang it. Dragon. There you go. Dragon. Dragon you're Quest. Dragon, your G's yeah. is what you're doing. No, I'm Dragon. <laughs> Dragon. <laughs> Dragon. Um, <laughs> what other games? Octopath Traveler. Okay. So all of those would... And it has a longer battery life. So the original Switch has about a three hour... The Switch Lite, I believe, has a five, five to seven. The thing is, is that would be actually bad for me because what I'll do, I don't have my own Switch. I'll take my friends and play his. And so I will essentially play it as long as the battery life goes. So if I can play Fire Emblem for six hours, that is a terrible option. That's fair. I need to be productive at some point in the day. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Oh, you can also play Mario Maker. If you are I into that. I have a stage I need you to try. Sure. Okay, I have to find it again. But So my, fr- my friend and I were trying to play Super Smash Bros. online and we couldn't get to work because yeah. viruses do it. Um, yeah. 
Whoops, I said that loud. Ferris, imagine more. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's Ferris Forward now. Oh, they changed it. Yeah. They changed our branding. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Yes. Our our icon says F now. (laughs) It's the grade I would give them. (laughs) (laughs) Put pay. Press F to pay respects. Yeah, press F to pay respects. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, so, instead, because we couldn't get it to work, he sh- gave me the codes for his stages. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think I d- first died within, like, 0.1 seconds. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, and, you know... It's me, so I was hysterically laughing for a full 30 seconds afterward. Yeah. So, you're, I, I haven't figured out how to beat it yet, so I think yeah. you'll have fun with it. There's a few levels that uh, are really, really ingenious on in that game that people come up with. Recently, I saw one where they made a 3D puzzle oh my where the, they use the slopes and the, the fillings in the wall to make a old... Remember the old uh, maze screensaver for the windows? Yes. Yeah. They made it look like that. And <laughs> then on the right-hand side, depending on which pipe you go into, takes you to a different room in that 3D maze. And Ooh. it's just a picture. It's really, really cool. Hmm. They also remade Five Nights at Freddy's in the uh, Mario Maker. Which part? Like the whole game. Like the whole game? They remade it. Not a 3D version, but what ends up happening is... You have like the Wiggler as Chica and the Goomba as Freddy, and you have to pick up a P switch, which is the power, okay. and set it on the side okay. to block them from coming into your little two by one box, oh. so that you survive the night. And then it's all on a timer. So oh my goodness! You have to wait out the timer until you survive. Then you drop down and you can go into the next night. And there's three oh. nights, so it's really cool, and it gets harder each yeah. night. Foxy. See, I would, I would, um have expected it would have been like the Atari type mini games that mm. you can do. Oh yep. That would have been a really cool idea, but also really freaking creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually forgot that that game existed. I try so. to forget it exists. <laughs> People can make some really ingenious stuff. Mario Maker 2 is more broken than Mario Maker 1 though. Uh-huh. The glitches are f- just ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Because of your Mario Maker stage. That's not even the worst one, though. <laughs> like, there's people... There, there's a glitch with the... Uh, I don't know if they patched it yet. With the tracks. Mm-hmm. Where if you have a vine on a track or anything on a track and you have it set up a certain way, it will teleport the block to the other side so you can have a full wall in between you and the goal. And you have to ride the vine block over and then it teleports you to the other side of the screen so that you can actually finish. There's another one too with a door glitch where if you go in a door and then you back out of the door and go in and back immediately, it teleports you pretty much to a new level. Oh my goodness. And it destroys whatever uh, base thing that you had. So if say you're in the haunted mansion, it'll bring you right back to the field <laughs> thing. So okay. everything that was supposed to be haunted mansion is now field. And it messes things up so much. I just recently watched a video of one where you have the underground or underground upside down level. Okay. So everything's reversed. And they did that glitch. And then it goes back and you're standing up normally again, except to crouch, you have to press up now. So to ground pound, you have to jump up and press up to go down. So it's all reversed, which is just super weird. That's odd. Yeah. You can do a lot of really cool things with the glitches in that Mm game. Huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't last on remakes very long. Well, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we since you brought them back, what would you guys think about a Princess Bride remake? No, I've never saw the original one. Really, that's a shame. I mean, I only saw it for the first time this year, and the only thing that you could possibly fix, quote unquote, fix is the um, some of the special effects mm-hmm. and maybe the mm-hmm. music. But we need more original stories. Right. Yep. Um, I agree. I think the voice actor for Wesley yeah. put it best. Uh, there's a shortage of perfect movies in this world. It'd yes. be a shame to ruin this one. Yes, I agree. And a lot of people agree with you as well. Just because it's such a perfect movie and, and with everything. Even with 
so my complaint about the bureaucracy of things recently mm-hmm. is I don't I like art driven media right I don't like money driven media Avengers was cool when it first came out Iron Man was cool when it first came out the remakes were at the right time updating the special effects live action that's awesome but just turning everything live action isn't isn't good remaking things because they make money in the box office isn't good give some independent thought to things make new things come out I mean look how well the Walking Dead did when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Look how well Game of Thrones did when it first came out. It was had a perfect time right after Lord of the Rings had um, finished up, pretty much. Right. That it's like, oh, look at this new thing. It's kind of the same, but it's actually different. It's new. It's it's all these other things. And uh, you look at what happened with The Hobbit too. The first movie was pretty well received, but then when they decided to turn that into three movies, it, it got, got a little tiring. Right. And that had problems other than its special effects. But, yeah, special effects alone cannot save a movie. Right. Which is why, even though Avatar, the the one with the blue people, not the last airbender, is very interesting to look at and it makes a really cool universal ride, it's not a widely regarded film. Right. Which is why nobody understands how it still has, what was it, four more movies? Five yeah. more movies? There's going to be sequels. She's doing them all at the same time, though. That's why it's taken so long. Oh. Why, though? Because James Cameron is a freaking idiot. No. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's taking this know. long to make the movies, those actors are going to be old by the time he gets to his fifth one. I think right. that's why he's doing them all at the same time. That makes sense. So, um, nice. And just release them years ahead. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, but one thing I've noticed is that like, my personal favorite directors, now that I think about it, I don't think they've ever released like sequels to their movies or or remakes. So like Edgar Wright has never made a sequel. Um Quentin Tarantino, the only thing in his discography, I think, is Kill Bill 2. But right. that's technically just a continuation of the first one. Like, it was supposed to be one movie. Right. Um, and then it just got too long. Right, and then it just got too long. Uh, and Wes Anderson, I don't think, has a sequel either. Um, I, I just kind of found that interesting. And there's an idea for you, too. I, I do like the idea with Kill Bill and Kill Bill 2, where I'd be totally fine with a movie that's, you know, an hour and a half. Or right. two hours. Then they stop and have another movie that's just the continuation of the story. And right. I think they kind of set up Alita Battle Angel that way. Mm-hmm. And I understand why people don't like the cliffhangers if the sequel isn't guaranteed. But it's just like long-form TV episodes. I'm, I'm totally fine with long-form TV episodes so long as the the, right. yeah, the content's good. Right. Yeah. right. And, yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't think I could even name a favorite act or favorite director right now. I do like Wes Anderson. Um, I do like Quentin Tarantino, what I've seen of him, but I can't say that they're my favorites Speci- for various reasons, that's including right. the fact I'm not a huge fan of stop motion. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I'm just so. Who directed The Emperor's New Groove? Because I like him. I don't, know. <laughs> I, I don't even know. That one does have um, a sequel, though. Yes. Um, but I don't and, like the sequel. The, yeah. We don't talk about the sequel. Okay. It had a sequel? Yeah. Kronk's yeah, uh, New Groove, I yeah. think. Uh, no, Miyamoto Miyazaki. Studio Ghibli. He's my favorite director, for her, sure. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I'm just so boxed down by remakes and adaptions and mm-hmm. what have you that I, I don't know. I haven't seen a movie in theaters since I want to say the My Hero Academia movie. Mm, I didn't see that one. It was it was decent. It wasn't. It was. It was fan service. Yeah. Is what it was. And, but it knew what it was and it embraced it. Yeah. It didn't try to do anything. And it, it had a decent storyline, yes. Um, I, I, I was just, I don't mean to go off on a tangent or anything, but I, I just came to mind. Um, I know we were talking about like original stories and everything. 
is it actually possible now to have a 100% original idea or has all art been retrod? We're not saying that it needs to be completely original because tropes exist for a reason and right. if you can like make a classic story and just write it well then that's fine right star wars episode 4 wasn't it wasn't just popular because it was spaceships in space and all these different types of technology and what have you. It was a, like the classic myth of the classical hero. The new take on an old concept. Right. right. And that's the thing. Archetypes, and from Jung's perspective, people are, are a little confused about it because the archetypes themselves don't have any uh, content. Right. Or they're content without form and so it, there's infinite amount of renditions for them and everybody loves hearing about these types of characters that's why everybody loves loki or the the, mm-hmm. the characters like loki in different renditions and you see that with the seven seasons of the mentalist who has the devil may care type of attitude right. and people love that they lap it up but the important thing is making new content around the idea rather than uh, trying to take the idea and making new content around it. Right, right. So, making sure that the the classical narrative and the meaning of the story takes precedent over the manifestation of the story right. is what makes a good story. So, uh, one idea, of, uh, one, one thing that illustrates this point is there was a game about meteors um, that were that was really cool and you spend like the first couple of minutes flying around by yourself as this meteor and then there's another meteor and then you kind of bump it around playing and doing the little dance Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the screen starts flashing and there's a countdown and you're like oh no and the meteor that you were just bouncing around playing with gets in front of you and like sacrifices itself to a sun in order for you not to get destroyed by the sun and you feel something through that because there is this idea of friendship and sacrifice Why and novelty <laughs> but it's just a story about meteors you know yeah. there's no words or anything like that mm-hmm. it's all through the action and that's something new and novel on an old idea or a concept that everybody can get behind mm-hmm. and understands i understand how this feels this evokes emotion in me and that's what people want they yeah. want to feel something right gotcha we had a, a conversation about something like this in actually one of my classes. It was a tangent there, too. But it's like um, mainstream media, like the mainstream uh, like Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have those archetypes and everything, but uh, like with all the new trailers, all these new movies coming out, like sure, you got the remakes and everything's and sequels right. and all that, mm-hmm. but you got almost the same idea coming out. Like, I'm a sucker for destruction movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, Deep Impact, uh, Armageddon. Like, 2012 was a terrible movie, but I still kind of liked it. Um, You know, those types of movies. But they've been done to death. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's not just that either. Because more recently, you see a lot more activism within films. Yeah, that And too. that's the thing. It's not just a rehashing of old ideas. I'm getting preached at now. Right. <laughs> and it's a corruption of traditional values into what um, one political party in particular wants people to think and right. wants people to believe. And this is the new norm, guys, and they're kind of the cheerleaders for it. And it's really annoying because it's art. It's not supposed to be political. Right. right. If, and, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Like The thing that I think of when I think of stuff like that is the the Ocean's 8 movie. Yep. I love heist movies. Same. Like If there's going to be a thief in, the, in whatever it is, I am going to watch it. But as soon as I saw that they were making remaking Ocean's 11 with females, and I think word for word says it's like women are better because there are less of them it takes less of them to do a similar job it turned me off so much that i didn't even bother like and i honestly love sandra bullock Mm -hmm. so i would normally have watched that movie she was great and get smart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> um, no, that was, that was Anne Hathaway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look very similar, though. Yeah, um, very different type actors. No, no. Um, well, um, I, I feel like they're... It's like Sandra Bullock is the is playing like the older version of Anne Hathaway. Yes, yes. Where they they're similar <laughs> similar personality in yeah. their their characters, but they're not they're at different stages of their life. Yes, right. Anne Hathaway was great at and hoodwinked. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have not seen a single thing that Anne Hathaway has been bad at. <laughs> there was one movie I forget. It was a, a, a romance one. That's just because romance movies in yeah, general. I don't know. The she had her tits out. My Miz. I know. <laughs> Did she have her tits out in that? I don't know. She. I never saw that. I really wanted to. <laughs> That's the only plot, not, not the plot point stuff, you pay but, attention uh, to. It's um, like <laughs> no, it, it was just kind of like a one night stand movie, and it was just the whole idea of the movie seemed kind of oh, yeah, bad. Um, so she like she had frizzy hair in that movie. Oh, like curly hair. It wasn't oh, her natural like, shape. Um, Sounds like pre, pre mm, Princess Diaries in Hathaway. It was actually post. Oh, yeah, interesting. It was post. Was it like if Trainwreck I mean, was done by a better actress? I don't know if you could go, like, have your tits fly out and then go into Princess Diaries. You know what I mean? Because then everybody knows that your tits flew out. So you kind of have to go from the Disney Channel to right. the dark side. You can't go from the dark side to the Disney Channel. Well, I mean, I mean, in today's world climate, you can, I guess, but I mean, yeah, he's talking about Dark Side is the Disney Channel. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> the boobs. Oh come if that, on, if that's uh, any better. We'll just tag it as. Um... But I mean, I, I used it correctly. Because I was referring to the anatomical yes. portion. It Still. wasn't like a slang. Yeah, no. no. That's Just ridiculous. Remember, remember Ferris forward, right? Right. Um, <laughs> We're progressive. Goodness me. I'm sorry, Ferris, that uh, you chose to stand on that hill. Because it's going to get new. It's fine. We have an English class. It's not like we have to say words in it. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's just interesting to me. Because, like... Most people prefer a more free society. They want to be able to express themselves. They want to be able to say what they want, even at the risk of offending someone. Most right. people would prefer that. And it is a very loud minority that says, oh, no, no, no. And I thought about this the other day because I, I recently um, got a job working with, with little kids. And I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself, because I'm t- the age now where I'm going to be starting a family within the next 10 years or so. and. I was trying to think, do I want to protect my kids from the dangers of the world? Or do I want to expose them to them and prepare them to deal with them? Right. And I figured it's far more likely that they're going to encounter it anyways. So it's best to expose them and prepare rather than to shelter and protect. Because a naive person is far more gullible and capable of being destroyed by someone who doesn't share their beliefs than or resort to violence mm-hmm. in that matter than someone who has the tools equipped to deal with the messy side of society right and i mean you have to have exposure to other points of view anyway because no matter what side you're on if you're in an echo chamber you're never going to learn and you're mm-hmm. actually going to get like hard-hearted and right. you won't be able to understand or even want to hear another yeah. point of view right it, it absolutely dehumanizes those with opposing opposing viewpoints and that's one thing i'm worried about with with america and america's youth at the moment is the idea that because we're trying to be so sheltering and we're saying trigger warnings and, and hate speech and all these other things when they're not really uh, derogatory or, or they're, they're, they're um, unequal uh, in implementation. Like the N-word, for instance. Um, depending on the color of your skin, that's either okay or not okay, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous on my mind. It's either okay or it's not okay. It's not, you don't get mm-hmm. to choose. Um and the reason that that's important is because if we say 
and we all agree to one particular type of idea or method and then try to demonize those who share different or who have different viewpoints that makes us weak as a nation and we're only 300 some years old maybe you know around that age so the idea that if we become weak because of our isolation and our echo chambers we aren't going to last long we may be big but we're not going to survive mm-hmm. if, if we continue down this road of uh, being so fragile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if I can actually, I, I can't recite it. I'm not, I'm not going to have you censor out that much. But uh, Dave Chappelle actually had a good yeah. point yeah. on that, yeah. if, if you heard it. Um, he was like writing up a script or whatever and it had like the derogatory term for homosexuals or something yeah. in it and yep. then they're like we can never air this on the channel and it's like why I, I I put the n-word in all my scripts and you have no problem with that well it's like well you're not gay and I was like well I'm not an n either yeah so well, yeah. yeah and that's the thing too it, it's it's just such a slippery game to play it, it's it really is Shocking, And then right. the question is, too, is if the N-word is such a derogatory term, if any of these guys who think it's derogatory, and I, I use guys as you know just mm-hmm. a general form, not meaning men or women, just people, if they ever go to Mexico or to France or something like that where the word is used flippantly, it's like... Because the word is not even like racist in its roots. It's always been derogatory, but it was never geared towards a specific... Well, yeah, in English, it's always been... I wouldn't say always, but it's been used as a derogatory, derogatory in English, yes. right? And that's referring the the our past, right. yeah. But like, like the the Spanish word for black could be con- seen as derogatory here, despite it not having been before at one point, right? Right. So, regardless. Well, that's yeah. easy. It's yeah. just Spanish is racist now. And, you can't speak Spanish. Here's, <laughs> here's an interesting idea for people who are listening who are disagreeing. It doesn't really matter what it sounds like. It's the meaning that you're upset with. It's the meaning that people get upset yeah. with. So, for instance, the idea of the word retarded. right? People get so up in arms about uh, people using that word these days. And from a, uh, a legalistic standpoint, it's still correct. Mm-hmm for describing people with lower IQ than 70. But it's always going to be the meanings behind the word. It doesn't matter whether you're switching it to cognitively impaired or whatever it may be. It still carries that same weight of negativity. Right. And there are dangerous things that you can do on the flip side with language. For instance, in the criminal justice system, switching um, criminals Mm -hmm. into clients. Now, that may not seem like a big change, or it may seem like, oh, that's much better. You know, we don't have a criminal problem. We have problems with our clients because they're citizens and they pay into the tax dollars. But th- what that also seems to me is it separates the notion of police can be wrong too. And if they're doing stuff for their clients based off of, you know, government sway or whatnot, right. it seems that that's much more easily manipulated into fascism and tyrannical reign. Mm-hmm than with the idea of the us versus them with criminals and, and law enforcement. Or like an Ill- illegal alien is now an undocumented immigrant. Right. right. Semantics do play an important role when it comes to the weights of the word, but the meaning hasn't changed. Right. And like the, th- the thing is, is that semantics change for different people. So like I, I'm Asian. But if you were to call me any of the Asian slurs, including the ones that actually apply to me, I would have, I don't care. Right. Like, the, the words mean nothing to me. Right. And words that, only have power if you give them to them. Right. And right. that might be, that might be due to the fact that I didn't hear them until I was older. So yeah. I don't have a emotional connection to them. Right. But at the same time, the first time I heard an actual like racial slur against Asians, it was it was a um a story talking about how terrible it was that they they used this word to describe Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Well, it's it's super interesting too because if you look at the history the history of some of the the words too like Chinaman, 
mm-hmm. right? They chose that. It was right. them who chose that word. Right. It wasn't the white bureaucratic businessman who's fat and laughing with his cigar with his jowl shaking. Right. It was <laughs> them themselves who chose that name. So you have the culture giving themselves their own name and then a different culture coming in and getting offended at that culture Correct. saying their right. name. Is that cultural appropriation getting offended over another culture of what they call themselves? Uh, tell me this. So <laughs> they there's the new push. I can't even say new because it's been going on for like at least five years at this point. But where people are getting offended if you say something like you guys and therefore erasing um, the presence of a female because you're referring to them as guys. Um, but in like Spanish or what have you, when you use a plural, you you go with the masculine form, you don't go with the feminine form mm-hmm. if there's a male there. Right. Does that make Spanish inherently sexist. Yes. If it is, it's a gendered language. Yeah. If it is, isn't that like is it if it's considered negatively? Bring like, it down. Yeah. Isn't that considered <laughs> xenophobic? It's like at that point, you're just you're grasping for straws. It's right. like yeah. or like um the word in Japanese, the kanji for noisy is. Three characters for women combined. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Right? I, I laughed so hard. Oh, boy. Uh, but, um... I really just think people need to stop looking for things to be offended. Right. And it's really... I think it is based largely on what your personality... What you define yourself as. Are you defining yourself as a social justice warrior? Or are you defining yourself as an individual? Right. So... The key to becoming uh, psychologically healthy in, mm-hmm. in some regards, just for an average individual. I'm not talking about people who have uh, clinical depression or anything like that. I'm just talking about the average Joe. And, you know, life is hard. But to understand that you, the root of your personality is in your experiences and how you deal with situations rather than any political or agenda-driven uh action that you take Mm -hmm. is really really useful to get yourself out of this uh, echo chamber and and line of thinking of groupthink Mm -hmm. so understanding that you can make decisions of right and wrong and you can largely agree with someone without totally agreeing with someone is super important and to understand that conversations and debates are perfectly normal and fine to disagree with someone isn't a bad thing but to attack someone or to set the mob on them, those aren't good things at all. Mm-hmm. Because there's no discussion, there's no intertwining of thought or, or yeah. belief in that. Outrage culture yeah. is just it's perfect. Right. <laughs> and that was sarcasm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I find it lately is that a lot of my... Well, with a lot of my friends, what when we'll disagree, I'll just keep my mouth shut. Um... It does depend on the context. Like, if we're talking about, oh, this is my favorite uh, Fire Emblem character, but I really hated this one, um, then we'll we'll hash that out and what have you. But if we're talking politics, um, present company excluded, I'll just smile, nod, and listen to what they have to say, and then say, oh, yeah, that makes sense, and yeah. then walk away. And I think one of the other things, too, with that is, if you're going to make a com- if you're going to make a comment or start something that's going to be a debate, right. you have to go in willing to have your mind changed. Right. If you're dogmatic, you're a problem. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say. So before you make any sort of argument, make sure that you have the resources to back yourself up, or if you're at least not going to change your mind, at least being willing to acknowledge that the other person in the argument may not change their mind either. Right. It's like. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm okay with speaking my mind. Um, 
but only if it's requested of me. So, like, in a, in a conversation, if we're talking about politics or whatever, I'll usually keep my mouth quiet, mm-hmm. too, unless somebody asks, what do you think about this? And then if they get mad because after I say <laughs> what I think on it, it's like, well, you asked. Like, right, right. That's your problem now. So to those who are making the Princess, or Princess Bride remake, no one asked for it. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, Keep right. your mouth shut. <laughs> like, I, I didn't want this. I don't need this. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm going to return. Yeah, maybe there's an idea. You know, maybe you should you know throw up polls. Out of these things, what would you most likely go and see right. if it was remade? You know, right. poll the poll the the population. See what right. Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, Get a Kickstarter going. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I do find the the fact that nobody can seem to have a a discussion and disagree anymore very interesting especially given um that it's infected even even movies and even Mm -hmm. video games like if you like like personally if i like a movie i don't necessarily say this is the best thing that's ever been created i love this it's perfect what have you because a lot of times i don't find it perfect anyway mm-hmm. um, and if I really hate a movie I hate it mm-hmm. I don't expect the other person necessarily to hate it but mm-hmm. I hate it and yet we see entire fandoms divided mm-hmm. over, like over Star Wars yep um, within my own RSO I can't talk about Star Wars necessarily or at least I can't talk about the sequels yeah because of the fact that I hate the last Jedi and so a couple of my co-members don't. Right. And we both acknowledge that the other person it has the right to each other's opinion. We just can't talk about it. Yep. You like it, to pick your battles. Right. It's super interesting, too. I have a friend who often debates philosophical notions with me. Mm-hmm. And oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> and it's super interesting to me, though, because... Other people around us, at first, I mean, after it happened the third class time in a, in a row, then it was kind of, people got used to it. But right. people are really uncomfortable with open debate. And if you're having a discussion or mm-hmm. a debate on, you know, what's better, you know, Eastern or Western philosophy or, or um, any other philosophical question, right. whatever it may be, where is morality rooted, then these questions in the form of debate within without like a scheduling for right. it well because most people haven't even seen a debate in scheduling because most of the time it's four panelists who all agree um <laughs> but they haven't seen that conflict they haven't seen that battling of ideas and wit and it makes them uncomfortable and that's scary to me that they're uncomfortable with that because if all they're doing is going through their daily lives, not exposing themselves to new ideas and exposing themselves to actual thinking, mm-hmm. you know, not, not actually stimulating that novelty, that's far more frightening than the um, aggression that arises in the form of verbal debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, it's like the what is it? Great minds think alike, but small minds rarely differ. Yeah. Right. Group think. Yeah, group think. And I can understand how the majority of people don't want to go out and and, and do that. I, mm-hmm. I can respect that. Debating but try. Conflict, so. We should all try thinking for ourselves and come up with our own opinion on things. Mm-hmm. We really should. Even if it makes us uncomfortable or, or sets us apart from our friends, that doesn't mean that we can't agree on the big things. Like, maybe we don't like pollution. Right. We can all work towards a cleaner earth. Right. right. I we mean, just even if we dis- some of us disagree and don't believe in chi- uh, climate change or the effects of climate change, right. everyone can agree that we want a cleaner city. Right. Right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. So there are some things that you can agree upon while disagreeing on other things. Right. So finding common ground is is useful. Right. And also like researching. Yes. You know, realizing why you believe what you believe will make you firmer in your beliefs, whether it's uh, political or religion or anything. Right. Right. Um, that that way, even if you go into a quote unquote debate, um, 
and you don't like get your mind changed or whatever or that's not even the purpose is having your mind changed um, just like here here are my views these are yours right this is interesting because i get to see things from your point of view and you get to see things from right. mine right you can educate yourself without having to um, end up having your mind changed right like there, right. there's ways to debate without Espe- wanting to kill each other at the right. end especially right. in america where you actually have the freedom to think for yourself right yeah yeah right. in other countries you don't have a choice you have to believe certain things exactly and that's you know terrible in in my opinion and granted i don't like the idea of anti-vaxxers but at the same time i acknowledge their right to be able to think for themselves right they made the decision granted it's a poor one not to you know believe in some things or to believe in a certain narrative that has been proven false right and that's why research is so important to actually look at the data and make up the conclusion for yourself. Yeah, that's the other thing that comes with research is if you research everything and every article of data you find conflicts with what you believe, maybe you have to double check your beliefs. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And part of that well, anti-vaxxers I believe is a different not so much a different problem, but wasn't it that it stems from a a faulty, faulty study. It was a fictitious study. Fictitious um, study. It was intentionally deceitful because the guy who made it was selling his own brand to cure, I believe it was chicken pox or measles ah, or something like I that. See. And so he created this slur campaign saying, oh no, the mercury and all this other stuff and the, I don't know if it was actually mercury, but it was essentially that my competitor's vaccinations were causing autism. And a whole bunch of people got on board and were like, oh no, it's the end of the world. You know, vaccines cause autism. And then later he had his uh, his license removed and was removed from the field of medicine because they found out that he was completely fudging the numbers when it came to what was actually happening. And that's part of where I am a little bit more on board with reviewing studies and approving them Mm -hmm. there are some areas where i differ where i'm not so comfortable with the idea that there are a council of people deciding what's right or wrong right but if they could neutrally look at the data and say yes you actually did your work whether or not i agree with the conclusion is different Mm -hmm would be fantastic. But. Right, right. And and that's one of the things with science today so much too, mm-hmm. is we really need, it's unfortunate because some, you know, particular political parties offer more money for research. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's economic driven science being done, which is difficult because now all of a sudden you have political bias placed into the scientific field. And to be truly objective, you have to be devoid of bias as a scientist. And it's incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the hardest ways uh, to think is scientific. Most scientists don't think scientifically because of confirmation bias being so strong. But instead of thinking, how am I right on something? Start thinking, how am I wrong? Because if you can't find out how you're wrong, you might just be right. Yeah. But just because you find about one thing that confirms your beliefs doesn't make you right. Yeah. So, it, it's I would I would recommend to any listeners when you're thinking about something and whether you should do it or not or, or whether you're right or wrong, always go first to how am I wrong? Right. Right. I agree. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just I, it's, sometimes I just don't have much input. <laughs> no, it's just the timing of like. Denser says all of this stuff. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, think for yourself. Be your own person. I agree. Sure. Uh, uh. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> why not? Yep, and this is why we all agree The Last Jedi is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Princess Bride shouldn't be remade. It's a difference and, between fact and opinion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know. It's an objectively bad movie. Ugh. Although I do like My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Okay, that's an opinion. <laughs> it has its strengths and it has its... Its strengths is that it can keep your kids quiet for a little bit. Its weakness is that bronies. you have to watch it. <laughs> it also... It's, I would say its other weakness is that it's created bronies. Sorry for the bronies out there, but... You cringe. You, you know what I Y'all mean when suck. you think about some of them. <laughs> 
there's some of you out there that you that even you guys don't like. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and I'm friends with a couple of bronies, so I know you know I've heard yeah. them speak themselves. So, yeah. everybody, every group has their outliers. <laughs> right. Well, at that point, we are almost out of time. Sorry so. about ruining it earlier with uh, some language that may need to be bleeped. Apparently, you can't say. Words. Words, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry about saying guys. And actually, I'm not going to apologize. Uh, I refuse to apologize for anything because if I start doing that, I will never stop. You know, that yeah. was a terrible apology. Yeah. You should apologize for that. You're wrong. <laughs> and you were my co host for um, the other podcast, which was literally apologies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Apologetics. Yeah. Yes. What? But it's all right because it was you I was apologizing to, not the mob. That's fair. Yeah. Well, okay. if, you if you don't apologize to the mob, they'll come after you. Tough. It's America. Oh, oh, outrage mob. Yeah. Right. Not like the mafia. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm all right with the mafia. <laughs> who, who would win? Um, who would win? The Yakuza or the, the Italian mafia or the Irish mafia? Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, is, <laughs> that's hard. I will... Okay, in that case, what we can do is we'll talk about it the next time. Sounds good. Okay. So... Mob rule. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this has been Chat Room Podcast. I'm Anna. I'm Denzer. I'm Kyle. And thanks for listening.